All right, welcome to Old School, Jane Huger, Ben Mankos with you guys. So Old School brought to you by a random collection of sponsors, whatever pops into my head. No, I'm just kidding, kind of kidding. TwoStrongCoffee.com slash TYT. The Santa mug is back, although I don't have it here. I have a thousand Santa mugs and I can't find one. But it's gonna be relevant to the conversation Ben and I are about to have. It's a Too Strong Coffee mug, it's the best coffee in the world. And it gives money to progressive causes. And it has a mug that has Santa on it and says Santa is progressive and Jesus is too. So send it to conservative family members to trigger a conversation. But the one we're about to have, and I think that that it might be helpful. Anyway, twostrongcoffee.com slash TYT. I'll throw in a random plug for Aspiration because I love them. Aspiration.com slash TYT, you can get up to 5% interest rate, which is unheard of. It's like 83 times better than what you can get in a regular bank. In some accounts, check all the details there. And at the same time, they don't put your money into fossil fuels or private prisons or any of that junk. So you feel good about yourself and you get the best rates. Aspiration.com slash TYT. All right, Ben. Um, so uh, you know, you and I, we're gonna talk, we're gonna, we got the circumcision pictures. So you're gonna see some of them tonight. So you have that to look forward to. Okay. Is Santa a communist? That's that's partly what we're gonna start with. Uh, but you and I have uh, had a couple couple conversations where I'm now kind of obsessed with gaslighting. And I think that I now think the entire country has been gaslit and about an enormous number of issues that are obvious, but but no one ever acknowledges. Okay, so let me put some meat on those bones. As they say, do they really say that? Anyway, um, so. Jank. Uh, yeah. Ben just dropped off the call. So we'll call okay. him back. Are we live? We are live. All right, we are having technical issues tonight. Uh, David Schuster was also supposed to be on, uh, obviously uh, on Rebel headquarters at a bit of a legend. Uh, but he got knocked out by a, a storm. I didn't realize there was a storm in LA. Uh, <laughs> man, old school has been riddled with technical problems. I'm not saying tyt.com slash join to get us more resources so we don't have these technical issues, but I kind of am. All right, Ben's back. So Ben, I've been talking about gaslighting and now I think the whole country is being gaslit on a bunch of issues. I'm gonna start with the one that I'm driving Anna crazy with by mentioning it in every abortion story. But I'm, I don't wanna focus on it too much. I just wanna use it as an example and move on. So in, in the Bible, there's numbers, 5 11 31, which I don't have to tell you about, Ben, you know. And and those, in that, are, my, those are my those are my favorite numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's numbers, a collections, uh, a random collection of numbers in the Bible. Look it up. Um, so can I just point out that I feel like the numbers chapter in the Bible was a placeholder and then they just published. And they were like, <laughs> you know, yeah. oh man. All right, fine. Just keep it. Just keep it. It's too embarrassing. We can't. We can't recall and We can't do it all. It takes like a year to print one. So just leave it. Hundred percent. So it's like the Daily Show. If right. you don't know right. the for the audience out there, I know you know Ben, but they didn't have a name for the show. So when Comedy Central was planning it, they just kept calling it the Daily Show because it was supposed to be. Daily, and they didn't have a show that was daily yet. And then they were about to go on air, and they're like, I don't know, let's just call it the Daily Show. <laughs> it was just like, 
you know, I, is numbers, was that Mark or was that Joseph or was it Bob who wrote that part of the Bible? I don't know, right, man, right. it's got a bunch of numbers. Call it numbers for now and we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it, yeah. <laughs> so in 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 numbers, uh, it tells uh, you what you're supposed to do if you think your wife's cheating on you. Uh, and so, hey, you know, it could be handy, could be useful. Uh, so they say if uh, you think she's cheating on you and she got pregnant, take her to a priest and he'll concoct this uh, basically poison, this potion. Um, and they explain how he does it and it's like, you know, you know, Bible gets needlessly detailed on some stuff. And they're like, oh, he's gonna sprinkle a little bit of this. It's like a witch's brew, okay? And then you make her uh, drink it. Obviously, she doesn't have a choice. You, you the priest makes her drink it. And then uh, if uh, she didn't cheat on you, don't worry, the poison won't work, and uh, and and the pregnancy will remain intact. But mm. if the bitch did cheat on you, God's gonna get her, okay? And so he will cause a miscarriage. And then the baby will be aborted. Uh, so there is no question at all that the Bible is pro-abortion. You could go, it's not my Bible. You could go look it up in your own personal Bible. It's Numbers 5, 11, 31, 11 through 31, okay? And it is clear as day. So now, of course, the other side has a thousand excuses. No, but in another part of the Bible, the God said, God said breath. And then another one, he said uh, the sky. Those are not at all related to abortion. This is directly, if you think your wife cheated on you, the priest will give you a poison and, and we will abort the baby. God will abort the baby, okay? Yet, every like all the priests know that, all the clergy know that, all the, the reverends know that, the pastors know that. And then every day they come out and they lie to their congregation. And everybody's like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And so we just well, all pretend I mean, that the Bible is against abortion when it's actually in favor of abortion. Well, That's I'm not kind gonna, of amazing. I don't want to like say the words, you know, to be fair to them or to defend them. But I just mean like, obviously, it's. I mean, they don't all say that it's because it's in the Bible. They just say it's the word of God, and they're you know like Joseph Smith, they transmit the word of God, and the Catholic Church at least, you know, and most churches have come out against it and they represent God. So there's a lot of ways that it gets. Uh, yeah, they do. But, they, no, yeah. It's not like the the media made it up in this case. It's the, the religious leaders made it up. No, the popes, well, et cetera, say, oh no, yeah, the part where God aborts the baby doesn't mean anything. The part where he said, I breathe, or you breathe. That means that he's against abortion, I just they made it yeah, up. I, yes, that's right, that's the part they made up, you're right. <laughs> and then everybody just pretends that they didn't make it up, and we move on with our lives. And again, well, I, I don't want to get stuck. But I mean, they pretend that they they didn't make all of it up. It's all made up. Of course, yeah. it's all made up. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I cast no aspersion on uh, believing in its message. But I mean, obviously, we know these are these are these are stories, right? I mean, there's no way we. I mean, how many years after Jesus's life was it written? Two hundred, three hundred. 300 I, I used to know, but uh, yeah. yeah. Between 70 and 300. And the one thing you can say about the year, say zero to 300, is that the storytelling and the record keeping was immaculate. It, I right. was, you took the word yeah. right out of, my mouth, my, out of my mouth. I swear to God, I was gonna say immaculate. Yeah, I yeah mean, they, if I mean, there's <laughs> one thing you know about a story that's been passed on from one person to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, 300 years later. It is exactly as it happened. That we yeah, exactly as it happened. Right. 
Yeah. And they couldn't, you know, they didn't write it down. They just, but you know, they, they got it right. Cause they were serious. They were like, I want you to remember this and I want you to remember it clearly. They would say, yeah. <laughs> and then the person yeah. would pay very close attention. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't. And in the council of Nicaea, when they decided which gospels would go in the Bible and which would be just burned. Okay, well, it was the ruler that decided that. I bet the ruler didn't care at all what was in the Bible. He was just trying to figure out what God said. I bet how it affected him and his rule, he was totally unconcerned about. Because I hear that ruler was just an angel. So yeah, yeah no, no, he was, uh, he was, uh, 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 yeah, he he was, he cared. He was, what he was most concerned about was uh, uh, sort of eliminating the wealth gap. Yeah. <laughs> but to be just, fair to, by the way, to be fair to that ruler whose name I've now forgotten, um, they did keep the Sermon on the Mount. They kept a lot of great stuff in the Bible, you know. And so, and and so, I swear to God, I'm going to get off religion. Funny enough, uh, and this is not supposed to be about religion. I'm just using it as an easy example of gaslighting. So I'm going to go to uh, the second story that drives Anna nuts every time I mention it because I mention it too much, which is. The Red Lobster Amendment, right? So in Leviticus, right next to you shall not lie with a man is it's an abomination to eat shellfish. Yet, and by the way, that one, a lot of people know. I think I would say most people know that, right? And then, well, no, I don't think most. Well, people. no, you're many right. People, but, but 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 many people know. Yes, but a lot of widely know. Yeah, like the abortion one, the priests and the and the pastors and stuff know, generally speaking, but almost no one else knows. Yeah. Um, but the shellfish one, a lot of people know, and they're like, "Yeah, we just don't want to focus on that one." Uh, yeah, it's the inerrant word of God, but we like lobster and shrimp, and we don't like gay people, and yet we all accept it. Like, oh, okay, that's that's fine. That's okay. They've chosen that it's inerrant. There's nothing wrong with it at all, except that part does not apply because they like lobster. <laughs> I mean, and we all move on. So, okay, now getting off of religion, uh, but let's kind of, we go to Santa, right? <laughs> um, so Santa is beloved by the right wing. Um, he gives stuff away for free, uh, literally. And then they go on Fox News and go, can you believe Democrats looking to give stuff away for free? It is outrageous, okay? And they now think they're calling Santa black. Are you crazy? Santa's the greatest thing on earth. Does he give stuff away for free? Yeah, there's an inherent contradiction there. No question. Yeah. Okay. So then, of course, now I'm forced to go back to religion. Jesus is an obvious communist. I mean, Santa, arguable whether he's a communist, right? He right. could be a socialist. He could just be a good, generous guy. Maybe he's, you know what? Maybe Santa's a billionaire, and but he's super generous, and so he just makes the elves do all the work, <laughs> and then gives away their work for free. Okay, so maybe he is a capitalist after all. Uh, but 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 Jesus says, give away all of your private property to the needy. It would make Karl Marx blush. He'd be like, "Oh, really? All? Oh, come on, yeah, well, you got <laughs> stuff, right? I mean, it's not no, right, yeah." Um, Karl Marx is like, no. "Wait, I don't even keep to get keep the profits of Das Kapital because I feel like I wrote it. I should get something for it, right?" Which well, I, I didn't mean, know this. Did you know? Apparently, Karl Marx's parents were rich. I did not know that. Yeah, and they lived in a cul-de-sac. That's what I hear. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I do remember when you'd go see the Marxes, like, you know, you couldn't, like, it was tough to get out. You had to do a three-point turn because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't get out at the bottom. Right. <laughs> like, why, why, why is, they're obsessed with this cul-de-sac. Carl, Groucho, they're all in this little, you know, area and you got to do the three-point turn. So, but we, you know, we, we lost these battles by not fighting them at the time, right? Because we didn't think it was important to fight at the time. Right, I mean, but that the the Jesus was a communist, or Jesus was a socialist, or Jesus was a at a bare minimum believed in just forget putting a label on him because that sounds sort of inherently a little bit silly. But the Jesus believed in and didn't believe in the accumulation of wealth. That that seems pretty obvious. Like when you know when sort of religious zealotry took hold we didn't fear that it was going to become a dominant political thread in the country and we didn't step in to fight it in the manner that you're suggesting now i mean we still don't fight this i mean we we we're staring at it again i presume your initial point about you know amy coney barrett also was i mean about abortion is that you know we we had a conversation uh, you know, uh, for for both uh, Barrett and Kavanaugh, um, you know, suggesting that uh, reporting is if well, they they say it's settled law. They believe in stara, what is decisis, right? You know, yeah, decisis. Thank you. Um, and uh, but we, we know that wasn't true. I mean, we <laughs> no yeah. one who paid it. No, we all. This is not a surprise. It doesn't make it any less galling or any less horrible. But there's no. Nothing, nothing, nothing that could not have been expected happened. The only people who didn't seem to expect it were some people who reported on it, which is uh, oddly uh, ironic. Yeah, well, no, it's uh, unfortunately it's not ironic, and that's actually ironic. yeah, yeah, that's that's actually the the heart of what I'm going towards here. Like the, and I don't know that you're gonna love this point, Ben, but but I think the the media has gaslit us into oblivion. So we like the the uh, governor of Mississippi, which you're going to be shocked to find out, Ben is a Republican, um, was on uh, CNN, and, uh, and so I, I I can't. We had this discussion. I don't want to get sidetracked on this either. I, I generally can't stand Jake Tapper anymore, uh, but he did a good job on that. And then people get confused. Well, why are you giving him credit for that? Because it's I don't have a weird blood feud with him. When he does good, I say he does good. When he does something wrong, I point out that he does something wrong. Anyway, so he had a good interview there, and and he asked him about uh, how poorly they're uh, performing to healthcare and infant mortality, etc. Good set of questions, right? And so, and in the midst of that interview, uh, the governor said, uh, you know, the other side has killed 62 million babies um, since Roe v. Wade. And we all moved on like, oh yeah, of course, the Republicans say the Democrats have murdered 62 million babies. And then when Schumer about a you know month or so ago did the mildest speech ever against Republicans, Joe Manchin pretended to be outraged and then every Republican and then Fox News. And then it leaked into the mainstream media like, oh, Schumer, man, he is just too tough on Republicans. And the reality is anytime That's you go to hit Schumer's Republicans, they, the media is outraged, how could you? And we've been gaslit into accepting that, oh, of course the Republicans will call you guys murderers. And but if you even tweak them, you're a monster. And it's totally unacceptable. Why? Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. No, Jack, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think you've picked the wrong enemy and I think you do damage when you harp on the enemy the way you do. But I mean, yeah, I get it. We have corporate control of media. That's a big problem, a huge problem. But in general, yeah, we we the the Republicans have figured out well in both parties, but the Republicans do it far better. But figured out years ago how to uh, how to propagandize, how to pull the strings of public opinion, and now that propaganda campaign is incredibly well orchestrated and it's incredibly effective. And to expect that the members of the press be the sole bulwark to prevent that is unrealistic given the manner in which this country gets run. And they've weaponized it really effectively. You know, I don't know, I guess you'd start it in 1980 and they kicked it up a notch in 1994 and then they've really kicked it up again since what, 2015. And uh, that's the problem. That's the enemy. That's the thing we need to desperately unwind. We'll still have a whole host of problems if we were able to unwind that. But I have, uh, as I suspect you do, very little feeling that we're about to unwind that. Yeah, if I but, went on cable news now and I said Republicans are against all gun control uh, and we have mass shooting after mass shooting because we have no gun control. So it is clear that the Republican Party is in favor of massacres. They don't mind the massacres as long as they keep getting funding from the NRA. I think that is a very, very supportable point, supported by all the facts. The Republicans are against gun control. The lack of gun control is causing the mass shootings. And hence, they do care more about their donors than they care about the massacres, the nonstop massacres of our children, right? But I guarantee you that would be the last time that I would be on cable news. That would be considered an outrageous and unacceptable point. The guy after me can come on and say Democrats kill 62 million babies, and that would be considered a perfectly acceptable point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's the weaponization of propaganda. I mean, that's figuring out that 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 the uh, uh, that the stakeholders in the media and the members of the media are brave. I was trained this way, you know, that uh, be fair and that. That the notion and that we are restrained from saying crazy things. And when one side just started saying now almost only crazy things, that has seemed normalized. I mean, it's just incredibly effective. It's unbelievably effective, and they've done a brilliant job in doing it. And yeah, you want to argue that essentially, especially the television media has been, look, television media. Come on. Right, I mean, there's, yeah. uh, the, I mean, television press, like real journalism on television, is uh, there are instances of it, but it's usually little, small investigations. You know, there was a fairly effective job on television in covering Trump for a bit. There was also a disaster in covering Trump and giving him all that uh, free airtime. Mostly, of course, what happens on television when it comes to covering politics in any way, covering politics, covering policy, all of it is just regurgitating what they read in the paper on a panel. That's all that happens because it's the cheapest way of doing it, and it gets the biggest number, and that's true for everybody, and that's been true for that's been true for years and years and years, and now even more so. I mean, so there isn't any real reporting consistently happening on television. So the hand wringing over whether standard journalistic ethics were broken at one network and the and the actions they took to it just seems silly. All of it feels. Silly, all of it feels like putting on a show. Um, and uh, uh, but that is that is not changing anytime soon. We are not going back to uh, uh, days when uh, television, press on television uh, spends tens of millions of dollars to uh, uh, to truly uncover stories. That is left to print journalists and then it's left to the TV people to essentially repeat it. That was a large reason why I stopped 
uh, doing it. It just didn't feel like we were covering anything. It didn't feel like we were really investigating anything. Other than a little case, you know, you might get a, you investigate a murder case, you cover a thing, you get a source at the sheriff's department to tell you, oh, we're about to make an arrest. But that's not what you and I are talking about here, right? Yeah, Those yeah. are direction of the country stories. Right. It, it, what's amazing is I just pulled up media because I thought I saw a headline and I uh, skimmed it real quick. Uh, and yeah, it, it, Dana Milbank from the Washington Post, which most people and and uh, would consider you know, as mainstream establishment media as you could possibly get, right? I don't know what you mean by most people. I mean, a good percentage of the country would say that they're radical leftists. I mean, they'd be wrong, but that's what they would say. Right, right, no, no, but I'm saying like folks in power would even say, yeah, Daniel Milbank from the Washington Post, that yeah, he's mainstream media, no question, right? And and they they might even agree to the somewhat pejorative establishment media, right? And so, not a progressive in any way, shape, or form. Um, and so he just was on CNN apparently saying, what are we doing? It, the coverage so far uh, is apparently now slightly more negative towards Biden so far than in, than it was towards Trump in mass for media. And he's yeah. like, here, I'll give you a quote. He said, it's not bias, it's the actual words we're using. So we are as negative as a collective media on Joe Biden, if not more so than we were to Donald Trump at a time when he was trying to overthrow democracy. That is a tremendous indictment of the whole industry. It and is. It's an, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. It's an indictment of the entire industry. And it is, uh, it's not, I, it's just not an accident. The idea was that event, that they will always equate A with B, always. And so B or A, depending on where you want to put them, figured out we can say almost anything, and that will be our side. And so, and then there is a desire to be negative, right? And to feel like you're being fair. And well, Biden hasn't accomplished all that he set out to accomplish, but we all know why he's been unable to accomplish it. I mean, the his his party has been almost entirely with him, with very few exceptions, occasionally on the left, but mostly. Two people on the right have slowed up the agenda almost entirely, coupled with every single Republican. So on part on policies that as you know, and you repeat and say all the time on policies that are enormously popular with the majority of the American people. So that leads me to my final point on this. And I get that it's kind of a downer topic, but but I, I bring it up here not because of the politics so much. Uh, although I can't help it, but this obviously get into that in a big way here. But but just to get you to think like, hey, I've been told a lot of stories in my life, right? And I wonder how many of them are totally BS because you know you just you get told a story and then you assume it's true, especially if it came from an authoritative source or a source that you trust, and then you don't ever question it again. I'm telling you, you should question all of those stories. It doesn't mean they're all wrong. You shouldn't assume that they're all wrong, but you should just do like a little inventory like, huh, wait, is it true? X, Y, Z, right? I was, I don't wanna get into religion to offend people, but anyways, you get it, right? So so then the final part part of that in, in, in the political world is, like we got used to mainstream media never talking about the donors when, Everyone involved in politics is obsessed with the donors. And in an off-air conversation, almost every politician would acknowledge that they they are 
they, they spend 50% of the time trying to get donor money. Uh, yes, I mean, if they're talking to their staff, they will very readily acknowledge that they will uh, basically do what the donors say, right? They don't say it in those words usually, they have code words, etc. But, but all of you know it, I don't have to convince you. It's super obvious that they're doing what the donors want. Yet the media almost never talks about it. And then we think like, oh, that's normal. No, wait a minute, that's not at all normal. What an incredibly strange phenomenon. Why doesn't anyone in media covering politics talk about the number one factor in politics? No, it's funny when you're covering a crime, right? I mean, what did what I mean? It's funny the heroes for all these guys are Woodward and Bernstein. And what did they do? What what did their source tell them to do? Follow the money. Follow the money. It's not complicated. Um, We didn't figure out rocket science. It doesn't mean you have to do no other stories, right? It's not always relevant. Sometimes money pours in from both sides, right? Many issues, right? And so politicians have to figure out some, you know. Uh, sometimes the money given is could be right, right? You know, could be a, a, a for something that is good for the American people. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, but of course it could happen, right? So no, it actually could happen. Time. I know you're kidding, and it sounds funny, but I have. A perfect example. Uh, yeah. We had more money on gay rights issues than the bad guys, right? So money poured in from people who believe that gay people should have the same rights as straight people, and we won on that issue, and we won because we had more money. But it was right. the right but thing to do. Yeah, you also money poured in from people. A little different, right? Than money pouring in from a giant corporation. I mean, in That's general, right. we don't have enough of an understanding of the rampant corporatization of America. Um, and that's been a, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not an expert on it by any stretch of the imagination, but obviously uh, that has been a thread that has played out uh, throughout American history, accelerated in the years after the war. But then starting in 1980, just went into overdrive and and hasn't stopped. Um, and the party, the one party has encouraged it fully without any sense of, of pulling back the reins. And the other party has at times said, I don't know, I think this, all right, fine. <laughs> so, you know, uh, um, and the result is, of course, then the, the money wins. I mean, unless you really take a stand against it, uh, uh, the money will win. Uh, it always wins. Um, yet, if you turn on cable news now or in the next month or in the next year, you will almost never hear that conversation. Well, all right. And there's something weird about that. There's something deeply weird about that. Yeah, no, there's there is something weird about it. I mean, there's no question. I mean, you 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 know, you and I have had a thousand conversations and we we disagree on really on on messaging, but I mean we, we don't disagree about the value provided by journalism on television. Like we don't that that's not an argument we've had. <laughs> Journalism on television. <laughs> no, and I, again, and I say that because I, I mean, there are obviously a lot of good people there, but they're not provided the resources to it. Some of them could yeah. do the job, and sometimes it 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 does happen, but mostly it's aggregation. I mean, even Walter Cronkite in covering Watergate, I mean, he had as much to do with bringing down Nixon in a sense as Woodward and Bernstein, because more people got the message from Walter Cronkite than they did the Washington Post. But it was Cronkite and those allied with him at CBS News at the time who thought the Washington Post's covering the story and we ought to do it. 
And there were a couple of nights, if I'm not mistaken, where like 13 minutes of the CBS Evening News was dedicated to catching people up on what Woodward and Bernstein had done at the Post. It was great, it was great television, it was incredibly compelling television, it was incredibly important television, it was somebody else's work. But, and 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 by the way, and, and Walter Cronkite who played this critical role in American history, uh, you know, fully credited them, obviously. He was like, you guys should be reading this story and for if you haven't, I'm doing the nightly news. This is the most important story there is, I'm gonna tell you about it. So God bless him for that. Yeah, no, that's when television did a relatively decent job and and you know in the 1970s and then with uh in 1980 with Reagan uh corporate rule began and and so you know it's not like we don't know what happened we do know what happened and and media is now run by giant giant multi-billion dollar corporations and they think alike and there's group think and but they're oblivious to it you you can you ask him mainstream um well, a lot of print guys are not oblivious to it and they're frustrated by it, but they're, I've had guys tell me, no, I'm not allowed to cover it. Um, and they say it's a different beat, that's their excuse, right? That beat apparently never gets to write an article, okay? But it's a different beat. But but if you ask the cable news anchors, they would be outraged. They're like, what corporate rule? You, you, guys, you guys sound conspiratorial. What money in politics? I mean, I, yeah, I know it exists. But I mean, I just would point out a couple of things to you. This is if we were uh, a conversation that we would have off air, since part of this conversation is acknowledging the incredible effectiveness of messaging. That the mere fact that the cable news people would say you sound conspiratorial should tell you I should use different language. No, like because this is, but well, well, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, I mean, but then so you haven't moved the needle at all on that. No, so, it's because we don't honestly, Ben. Uh, you know, we, I, I, you know, I'm just saying whatever. I'm not going to drop it. You shouldn't sound conspiratorial. It undermines your cause. That's it. That's the end of my point. Okay. All right. Got you. All right. So th- there's more on that, but let me read a, a couple of comments here, and I'm going to switch the non-political version of that. First, new members, love you guys. Andy just uh, joined up on YouTube. Uh, and Jim Chenoweth just joined up on YouTube. Joining is super hard on YouTube. You have to press a button right underneath the video that says join. Mm. Oh, right, no, it's really easy, super easy. I would gaslit you into thinking it was hard. Just press the button, okay? Um, so press it now, no, I'm kidding, uh, but it would be great. Gregory Smith uh, has been a member uh, apparently two months, three months, I can't tell. Uh, but says, so glad to be here with TYT family to be angry and process at all the bull. Okay, so thank you for processing with us. Jeff C has been a member for a year, thanks Jeff. Um, M1 Kruger writes in in our member section on tyt.com. I love when Ben's on, I miss him on the main show. He's one of the reasons I joined in the best power panels, have him and John together giving each other a hard time. Okay, I totally agree with that, okay. I. Uh- I wrote a very involved tweet today. Uh, uh, it was really, it wasn't really giving John a hard time. It was reverse praising it. Right? I was acting. I wrote it as if I was a, a lunatic. Right? To a, a very good tweet he had, and then I was like, "This is stupid." <laughs> like it only works if I'm actually making fun of. Him. So I didn't say yeah. that. But I spent about 11 minutes trying to make fun of John, and then decided, "Hey, look, they can't all be winners. I'm not going to put up one that I don't that I'm not proud of." Yeah, well, you know, in the old days, I would say any joke that came to mind. These days, I throw a lot of them back in the water. 
<laughs> totally, yeah. And then I didn't even retweet him because I read some of the comments in his tweet, and I was like, I don't want these. You know, I know, but that's the thing. That's why the yeah. trolls yeah. part of why the trolls win because they think, you know, people look at it and they go, ah, oh, it seems toxic. I don't want that toxic stuff in my feed. Forget it. I won't retweet yeah. it. Right. right? Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, uh, so. But okay, here's a funny thought. Uh, Edwin and I were talking uh, after the show today. Edwin's our stage manager, and uh, <laughs> I was just amused by the idea because now I'm at home and I'm in this tiny little home studio. My friends are over uh, during the weekend. Uh, my friends from the East Coast, and they're like, "This is it? Like, <laughs> you can barely fit in this room?" Right? I'm like, "Yeah, but they only shoot this, right?" <laughs> so, um, and, and I amused myself with the idea that Edwin would be here stage managing. Right, yeah. <laughs> He'd be right there. Go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then he would Three, awkwardly sit two, like and go. Yeah. <laughs> and he then he'd awkwardly stand two feet away from me the whole time. Right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so no, obviously after the main show in the studio and and Edwin said if John Irola a couple of years from now leaves TYT and turns on TYT and then starts attacking TYT. I'll give up hope on all of humanity and just like I'm done. I'm done. No, John Idol leaves TYT. It's going to be to uh, move to the mountains of Wyoming and live as a hermit, so he can spend three to four hours a day reading and then telling everyone else that they should be doing the same thing. Yes, except he would of course move into a shire. He would definitely, he would definitely move into a shire. Yeah, and I'm watching. I'm as we speak on a screener that I have for work that I have to do. I'm watching Dune right now, and the most significant thought that I have throughout watching the movie is I really should be watching this with John. Oh yeah, John. First of all, it would just be fun to see someone who I'm sure is as into it as John would be. And also whenever I have a question, and I have many, that's not a knock on the movie. I just have a lot of questions. Uh, and he uh, he would have all every answer, of course. Yeah, so you know, at TYT, we, we generally really like each other. Obviously, there's been some notable exceptions after they've left, right? And that's why we joke around about John. But uh, but we have no spare time. Nobody has any spare time for anything. But I remember this one magical night. Me, Ben, and John went to a movie together. You remember that? We did it only oh, once. Yeah. What, we had a what did great we see? time, and then what we never did, we did it see? again. We, what do we see? We saw something good. I think we saw Star Trek, didn't we? No, I don't think so. But maybe we, we saw some movie that John would like. Yeah, we saw some movie that John would like, but I feel like it was me. I don't know. Yeah, John would know because it was probably the highlight of his life going to a movie with me and you. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't see how anybody could disagree with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we forgot about it, but no, I totally remember the night. Yeah, I remember being in the aisle. I remember. I just don't remember what we saw. But yeah, it was fun. I mean, John is the 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 by far the guy I know best that I wish I hung out with more because I don't hang out with him at all. I mean, we talk, and if I saw him, it would be fantastic. But I, like, I don't really know why, why John and his wife don't come over for dinner. I mean, I do know why. We've never asked them. <laughs> but I mean, like, <laughs> that mystery solved. That's definitely mystery why. Mystery solved. <laughs> yeah, mystery solved. But like, like I should, like I want to. It's not like I, I, I don't say it to him, and I've said like we should, you guys should come over, and I don't. And then I'm like, uh, 
Well, let's not get. I hope we don't. Like it would be great. Like if Don just showed up now, I'd be like, oh my god, let's order pizza. And I got half a dune to go. You sit down on this couch right now. We're watching it. I, I know. You know. Damn it! I wish I had more time because that would be super fun. If like I remember when I was a regular human being and friend would call me and I would go over that night, right? Yeah. Or a friend would call and say, "Hey, I'm going to go see a movie in, a, in an hour and a half. You you want to come?" And I would I would say, "Oh yeah, that sounds great. I'll, I'll see you. I'll I'll meet you at the movie theater." I've I have not done that since probably me, you, and John went to that movie, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, that's a combination of family and and uh, and and work. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. a powerful, uh, it's a powerful tool to keep you from uh, seeing your friends. Yeah, totally. Right. <laughs> that sounds like I was, but it is. It ends up, it ends up working. That's whatever. It's life. Everybody who's got, who, who's in that situation, understands it. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, so let me read a couple more comments, then I want to go back to non-political, non-religious gaslighting. Occam's Taser said the priest gives your wife ivermectin, and if she cheated on you, she becomes conservative and starts going to Q rallies. I, I think that's Numbers five twenty-two through forty-two. Uh, and, but and the priest in that case is Dr. Joe Rogan. Demur uh, <laughs> the nine oh five dragon said, "Couple minutes late, but I made it. Hooray for old school!" Uh, tomorrow I got news for you. We were all late, uh, so you probably caught right, caught us right in the beginning. Third party times says Satan is definite commie from each sinner according to his ability to each sinner according to their need. <laughs> That's another way of looking at it. That's another way of looking at it. Or he could be a corporatist. Back to the mines. <laughs> <laughs> all of you work for the rest of eternity, and there'll be no air conditioning. And unlike Bezos, I won't even have ambulances uh, by the warehouse. Um, I bet that if you have to go to the bathroom in uh, in hell, it's it's in plastic bottles. There's no way he's Satan's going to give you an ample bathroom break. Okay, that's my <laughs> guess. And then Thank Frank's, you, you don't think so? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> okay, hold on. Before I do the last comment, do we think that there there that people have to go to the bathroom in in hell? Like or maybe they all, always it, have to go to the bathroom. Maybe they, they always have can. to go to the bathroom, right? It's like it's like the, the the Job, but with a full bladder. Yeah, imagine like you really, really have to go to the bathroom, like like both, right? And but I'm you not. can never go, and it lasts for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> that by the way, that actually does sound like hell. It makes me want to be a little bit better person. <laughs> just, just in case. Is there, but on the other hand, are there bathrooms in, in heaven? And is that a good experience? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you don't know? <laughs> yeah. Does it, I assume priests get asked this. Do they ever answer? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The good, the good ones would say, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no <Yeah>. idea. <laughs> yeah. All right, actually, I do. I have fun religious questions for you in a second. I'll do the last uh, uh, member here, though. Frank Scanlon uh, wrote it. I just got my Santa mug and two pan, two pound bag of coffee today. Frank, much love, brother. There you go. They've got these giant packages now for. Do you have a Santa season. mug you could uh, show us, Shank? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do have a two strong coffee mug. This is one of the. Handmade mugs. It's we made in America by a wonderful progressive woman. Okay, 
and they're really, really cool. They have a bundle, one of the bundles is like $152 value, but only $100 right now because of Krimat. Okay, too strong coffee, very progressive, but loves Christmas. Okay, so too strong coffee.com slash TYT Frank. Thank you for allowing me to do the free plug. Appreciate it, brother. And thank you for buying the coffee. And as you'll taste it, you'll go, Yes, I knew it. I was right. This is amazing. And okay. before the show started, before you guys were uh, uh, had joined us, uh, Jank was in the background desperately looking for the Santa mug and unable to find it. Hence my question. Yes. Uh, so my wife puts away my mugs. I have too many mugs. To be fair to her, that is true. I do. I have yeah. far too many mugs. And uh, and no then, one, no one doesn't have enough mugs. Like no one really is like, oh, God, I ran out of mugs again. Everybody's got too many mugs. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, like our house is very medium size, right? Um, and I, you know, like everyone else on the planet, I dream of a slightly bigger house, right? And yeah. and uh, and but my when I dream of that, really the only reason I dream of, I'm not even kidding. Like I don't think I need any more rooms. I, yeah, I'd like a bigger office, right? It's two by two here in here, right? Right. So that's we'd like, one thing we'd, I dream like about. we'd like an office where there's room for Edwin. Yeah. No, there's a there's a thing that I have the printer on here. And then my desk, where where we I have the the uh, camera, and I I can barely squeeze by. I don't like to walk to that side of the room to exit because I hit my knee every other time. That's how small this room is. So yes, I'd like a slightly larger office, but mainly I want larger cupboards, okay, oh. to hold all my mugs and to allow me to buy new mugs wantonly, brazenly, okay. I want to be slightly out of thing, control with my mug purchases. This is always a dangerous thing to say, but I think the thing that irritates me most about my wife is the number of glasses she has purchased. And sometimes she'll buy, like, they'll, they'll get a mug. She'll be like, I saw somebody, you know, and I'm like, please don't buy a mug. All we have are mugs. We're overrun. And then we'll have glasses because you never know when 47 people are going to come by. Right, and I, I so desperately. I mean, I've said this so many. I so desperately want a life where, where, where there are, where we have eight mid-sized glasses and eight little glasses, and that's it. And ten plates, ten big plates, ten little plates. That's it. We're three people. That's it. That's all we need. You want to have ten more plates in the garage? Okay, right, sure, <laughs> fine. But I mean, if we have 47 people, I'm going to spring for it, and we'll we'll rent it. I'll get it. It's not. I I'll cover it. I'll cover it. That's okay. Yeah, I don't know that you and I disagree on anything more. I no. want more mugs, not less. You, um, uh, Wendy and you would get along on this one. I mean, if she could, she'd smash half my mugs to pieces. Uh, and there's some chance she did with the Santa mug. So uh, people put this on Twitter. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, when Mel Brooks. Uh, put out his uh, wonderful uh, new book, which he, uh, you know, he sent to people, right? Mel Brooks, all about me, right? Mm -hmm. um, he, um, you know, he like you, you send it to people, and then you, you send it to people in the media or whatever, and you put it like it's a care package. But it was a super Jewy care package. There was like, you know, stuff, a bunch of stuff from Zabar's in New York. 
including a Zabar's mug, right? And there was Zabar's coffee and there was like, I don't know, arugula or something like that. Not, you know, or, uh, and I, I don't remember what was in there, but like, you know, a little, uh, uh, and so some food too. And uh, it was fine. And I, I, I don't even, I only wanted it because I saw that other people got it on Twitter the day before, right? And I was like, why does Mark Marin get it? <laughs> right? <laughs> and then sure enough, the next day my package came and I felt whole as a person. Um, and then, so then, but when I got the Zabar's mug, I was like, great, a Zabar's mug. And then instantly uh, I contradicted myself. And I was like, I should just smash it to the floor right now. <laughs> because otherwise, I don't need it. Here's what I don't need, a Zabar's mug. I'm never without a mug. I got a lot. And, and, and by the way, every day when I have my coffee in the morning, I look for one mug, which I frequently rewash so that I can use it again and again and again. And it's a morning edition mug from like 1988. Yeah, now uh, the funny and slightly awkward moment where I say the last gift I got Ben was a mug. Oh yeah, you got a mug, but not only that, you also didn't get me a good hat. Like you sold yeah, yeah, this, getting this me the a hat. And I love this hat, but I thought it'd be awkward if we both had the same hat. And I got this yeah. from Wyoming and it's an awesome hat. Yeah, and your large Wyoming mug, because it's too big, that mug. Um, like you can't really drink coffee out of it. It's like two cups of coffee and it's ceramic, so it doesn't stay hot, which is crazy that we drink coffee out of a mug that allow you, know, you better drink that coffee about three minutes before it starts to cool down. Um, yeah, that's like a double mug and it's got like stuff on the outside. So it's a little bigger, it like protrudes, right? Cause it's got like the cow, I think doesn't the cowboy like stick out a little bit on the mug? I think he does. Maybe it's like a, a little mug. bit. It's a pen mug, it's for pens. But you know what I have? Enough pen mugs. Okay, so here's how you know you're good friends. Uh, number one, when somebody gets your present and you go, I'm not gonna use this. Okay. I'm not gonna use it, <laughs> I don't want it, and I wish you hadn't given it. <laughs> and then the second part is, Ben, now every time my coffee gets cold, I think of you. <laughs> good. Because I, like, because I, I'm doing 100 things at once, my coffee gets cold all the time and I keep drinking it. And I and every time I keep drinking, I think Ben would be so disappointed. <laughs> it's just not. It's just. I mean, it's. Uh, hey, Bobby, quiet. Uh, yeah, coffee is meant to be. Uh, it's meant to be served hot. Food is meant to be served hot. That gets cold. It's frustrating. I'm gonna mute myself for a moment. Yeah. So uh, my mom and my wife have always been super frustrated when the kids don't come uh, right after they cook the meal, right? And so. Um, in the case of my mom, obviously the kids was me and my sister. You get it, and and now that I cook breakfast, if the kids don't come right away, I'm like, well, it was perfectly good sausage five minutes ago, but now you know the the fat is congealing. Okay, good, 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 you know it's okay. Eat it cold. See how you like it. See how you like it. So I tried to be thoughtful about that this morning because I make breakfast now most mornings. Um, uh, since my wife started uh, working, and I, uh, so I go um, uh, this morning. I called, you know, Josie, your eggs are ready. Josie, your eggs are ready. She doesn't even like them hot. I mean, she doesn't like anything that hot. She's like, oh, I burned my tongue. I'm eight. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, so I just went in and I was like, sweetie, when I call you for breakfast, no matter what you're doing, I'd like you to come. Maybe it shouldn't be important to me, but it's very important. And I was like, Ooh. you can't handle it in a more mature way. Let's see if it sticks. I'm probably gonna have to repeat 
repeat it a couple of times, but it might stick. But here's what's not working. Josie, Josie, Jay! <laughs> right? That's not, that, that's not working. That's not as effective. Yeah, 100%. And you know, I have the point system. You do something good, you get a point, you do something bad, you minus a point. And that has stopped working with coming to dinner, going to school on time. I was doing minus five, which is devastating, it's backbreaking. If if we miss the bus and I have to drive him to the next bus stop, right? He was at like minus 40 before I was like, I give up. No, you're never gonna get out of this hole. Right, totally. He knew it too, there's no point. Right? What do I care if I'm minus 35 or minus 40? Like exactly. Right? Yeah. Right. No, he even said it. And then when he said it, I was like, oh, no, it's too late. I minus too many points. I, I right. over minus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so you can't over minus, it ruins the whole system. Um, yeah. And so uh, these are, uh, so we didn't get to the circumcision pictures, but that's what, why God created the second old school episode for members. Uh, we're going to do that. Uh, one of the fun things I want to ask Ben is how many times has Ben been to Temple? Okay, don't say it yet. I'm going to do an over under, and then we'll see if I'm right. Okay, um, it's not really how over unders work, but we're going to keep going. And how many times have you been to church? I want to get uh, to that too. Uh, and uh, and then I still haven't gotten back to some of the guests. You know, old school fans, you know, right? We got a whole heap of stuff to talk about. In the next episode, if you want to get that, that is just for members. Uh, that's why God created tyt.com slash join. That was also in the Bible. That's numbers 6, 23 through 24. And it's just called tyt.com slash join. Or you can hit the join button below if you're watching on YouTube. Okay, much love. We'll see you there. <laughs>